0: Welcome to episode 150 of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber, joined once again by Paul Herman. How you doing, Paul?
1: I wish uh, I wish they uh, understood that old men like me don't like to wait up that late for these things. But other than that, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I
0: mean, we're we are quickly approaching my bedtime, so I am just not in love with how late we got this extended look at Black Widow. But we wanted to honor our commitment to all of you because we told you last week that we were going to kick off our brand new podcast series, Expanding the Universe, taking all of the announced Marvel Studios projects, films and series one by one. Previewing them, discussing what we expect from them, what we're looking forward to. Now, Black Widow is going to be a little bit different than the rest because we know a fair amount about this movie. We've actually seen footage from it. So it's a little bit different for this one. It's not quite the way, uh, it's not going to go quite the way that you can expect the rest of the shows to go. Uh, But anyway, the whole plan for kicking off this series was to sync it up with this exclusive look that we were going to get tonight during the college football playoff national championship game. But we got it a lot later. There was an exclusive look like this for Captain Marvel last year. And I actually went back and looked at it because it got later and later and we didn't get this preview. And I don't know what point in the game we got the Captain Marvel preview. But I do know that I posted the article with that video on MarvelStudiosNews.com just after 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. I think we got this exclusive look closer to around 8.30, 8.40 Pacific time. I'm not sure what time exactly it dropped, but... It was. Uh, it took a while to get to it, so I had to watch a lot of college football, zero defense, but a lot of college football offense, uh, but this is not a football show. That's the podcast that you will never hear, although it's mainly NFL-related, not, uh, not college. Yeah, no but anyway, Paul, so here we are uh, kicking off this Expanding the Universe series with Black Widow, and before we get into this exclusive look that we had a chance to see tonight, we want to go ahead and we want to start by recapping what we know about this film. So here's what we know. Obviously, it's coming out on May 1st. It's being directed by Kate Shortland, who is known for films such as Berlin Syndrome and Lore. It is written by Jacques Schaefer, Ned Benson, and Eric Pearson. The cast includes Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff, obviously, Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, and between these two actors, by the way, Three Oscar nominations this morning. That's also part of the reason I'm so tired, is I got up to watch the Oscar nominations live, uh, which was around 5.15 a.m. Pacific time. So, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson was nominated for Best Actress for Marriage Story, Best Supporting Actress for Jojo Rabbit. Florence Pugh was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress for Little Women. The cast also includes, for Black Widow, David Harbour as Alexei Shostakov, a.k.a. Red Guardian, Rachel Weiss as Melina, William Hurt as Thaddeus Ross, O.T. Fagbenle as Mason, and Ray Winstone in a role that we still do not know of yet, or we don't have a name for it as of this moment. What we also have, as far as things we know, we know that this story is going to be set between the events of Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. There has been footage shown at San Diego Comic-Con, D23 Expo, both of which I saw and was in attendance for. There was also new footage shown at CCXP in Brazil in December of last year. And then we've had a teaser trailer released, and now this exclusive look from the College Football National Championship game. What we also know tonight is a brand new synopsis from Marvel Studios, or at least we don't know it, we have it. So let me go ahead and read that for all of you. This is the brand new synopsis. This was sent out. By Disney Publicity with the trailer, uh, with the links for the trailer and everything this evening. In Marvel Studios' action packed spy thriller Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, aka Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must, must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. So, that's the synopsis, and we are going to talk about that as well as the exclusive look, but before we do, I have a few people to thank. Thank you very much to Andrew Cruikshank, John Youngins, James Stone, Chris Timor, Jordan Wiegand and Richard, they are some of the patrons supporting us over at Patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News, which means they have access to exclusive content from this podcast that's not available anywhere else, and that includes Patreon credit scenes where we discuss an additional topic besides our main feature topic on the free podcast, and for this week's show, we're going to be talking about that brand new Morbius trailer and the cameo that happens at the end of it and what exactly that means. We will be getting into that in this week's Patreon credit scene. And if you do sign up over at patreon.com slash marvelstudiosnews and you're getting that exclusive audio or any of the other exclusive shows that we offer, you do get your own private RSS link that you can put into a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts. So you get all of your Marvel Studios News podcast, the uh, the main show, as well as all the Patreon exclusives. It's all in one feed. You don't have to track it down in multiple places. We also have a Patreon-exclusive Discord community with some really cool events coming up on Tuesday, January 14th, so not long after this show goes live at 6 p.m. Pacific time, we are doing a watch party. I'll be hosting a watch party on our Discord uh, that is Patreon exclusive. It's going to be for Iron Man 2. And then later on this month, on Tuesday, January 28th, I'll be hosting a watch party for the Avengers. And so for more information on that, as well as all of the exclusives we offer, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. Okay, Paul, let's go ahead and let's talk about I think the synopsis will come up on its own as we break down this exclusive look. But before we start breaking things down, line by line, shot by shot, you were telling me off air just before you started recording that you actually enjoyed this one even more so than the teaser trailer from last month.
1: Right. Well, I think the reason why is because you see a little more of what's going on around Natasha post-Civil War, the fact that she is being hunted and there is there is that element still going on because it takes place at that time. During or as far as I we can tell during that time of between Civil War and Infinity War, and there is that gap of there's something you know they're hunting her in the meantime of of all of this. So she's not only investigating this whole new Black Widow thing, which they obviously show us um, why she's coming out to do all this, whatever because it's popping up again. But the fact that she's got that also going on and that she's trying to run from her current. Uh, past and then also her past past, if that makes sense. So I, I like the idea that Natasha is in a very awkward state where it's basically she's basically double dipping into like the same problems and 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 I think that's really fascinating to see where she's at as a character at that point. Compared to what we see her at the end of Civil War and in between Infinity War. So there's obviously a character growth and moment between those two films that we're getting from this. And I really like that. I like that idea that between those two films, because Natasha seems and I'm not sure if this was purposeful or what. It must have been somewhat purposeful. But in Infinity War, she seems much more confident in and what she's doing. And, and I totally. don't I don't mean that I don't mean that in a sense to where Natasha is um she wasn't confident before or No, she's or, not
0: uh she's not haunted in that exa- movie. Thank you. Yeah. She's she's, she's yeah, she's, she's moved on. She's very yeah, she's very self-assured. She's in command. She's telling Wanda what to do. I mean there was already some mentorship there in Captain America Civil War, but she's definitely in a very different place. She almost seems much more at peace now. She's haunted again in Avengers Endgame, but we all know why because everybody's haunted for their own reasons related to the snap. But Infinity War Natasha is a very different Natasha, and that's Mm -hmm. why I think this story has the chance to be so fascinating is how did she get from the Natasha that we've known that's been carrying this red in her ledger and this burden from not as much in Iron Man 2, but really more Avengers, Captain America Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron and Civil War There's a leap that happens between Civil War and Infinity War. And I think that's what's going to make this story so interesting is we're going to see how exactly she evolved.
1: Yeah. And I think that that to me you made a great point. She's not haunted anymore. And I think that what also, if you think about it, what's awesome into Endgame is that Natasha is also the leader in end game. She's the one running the show. So yeah. so to me this is kind of a precursor to her she's kind of always been the again she not the leader, but she's been kind of a side character for to, for the most part. I'd say for you know, up until I'd say around age of Ultron, they kind of dive in yeah. a little more. But even
0: with- even kind of by choice, though, because she's exactly already, you know, she's been keeping them at arm's length. It's not about her qualifications. It's really more of her own desire to right. how, how invested she wants to be in the family.
1: Yeah. And so with that, I think we see her step up in that role d- during between Infinity War and Endgame because of what we see in Black Widow. And, and and I think that's what's going to be interesting because as what I can tell, she's the one leading this whole this whole new op, the old operation of her friends of the former Black Widow, uh, Pugh's character, and then or the other Black Widow I should say because she plays the other Black Widow from the comic books, and then there's also Red Guardian, and all of that. So there's there's well we there might as well is,
0: say Yelena because it also sounds like from this. Well, they're calling it a special look now on Marvel's YouTube feed feed instead of exclusive look as they advertise it. But either way, they talk about. You Know there's a whole new generation of widows in this one, so there's more yeah. than two in the MCU. So, yeah, y- Yelena is uh, Florence Pugh,
1: right? But so to me, this is the precursor of her stepping up into a more gigantic role in the MCU as far as being a leader. Because I think that to me is what was so fascinating about Endgame is that you see Black Widow, it's you know, Captain Marvel. Um, uh, oh my gosh, the Black Panther. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. Umye, and you have Rocket. Everyone, you know, Rhodey. they're all talking to her. She's the one leading mm-hmm. the operation. And so to me, I think we're gonna see the the kind of the transition of the sideline Black Widow to like a more forefront black widow, and it's gonna make sense. It made sense in the in what we was given to us, but I think if you were to, if you were a big Black Widow fan, we're getting, and I, I think one of the things I love about comic books and and what these characters represent and everything is that in the comics you could go back and tell these stories and and these prequels or whatever and it 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 was always very natural you always you always could go back and expand on things after things have already been told and that's a very natural thing in comic books with flashback issues and whatnot. And this obviously prequel is like a flashback issue that we have. We've been informed where her story goes, obviously. But now the writers and everyone know knowing that where she's going, they can inform us even more of where how she gets there from an emotional standpoint. And that's really exciting. I think it really is, because I think through all the action it is to me is putting her past behind her completely and moving on and, and, and becoming comfortable with where she's at in, in, in infinity war and being part of cap secret Avengers. So I, I'm really excited. I've always been looking, I, I liked what the first trailer and I was looking forward to black widow. You know, this to me makes me even more excited because I think from a story standpoint, it is interesting. And I like where they're going because they're, they're opening up a whole new realm of just like how it, the *Guardians of the Galaxy* opened a realm of the cosmic universe, this is opening in the realm of the Hydra, the underground things, all that. I think um, the even the, the Magia, you, you can really or whatever you want to call them. I think you can really get into this. Is, could open up a whole new subsection of the Marvel universe that we haven't gotten yet. That you could see a Count Nefario potentially a viper the this opens up a lot of more possibilities i think with return of hydra even or something like that or you know whatever i think this all is encompasses that kind of idea and i, I like that and i think that's what i get from this the story is that i think this is going to open up a very much an, a way more underground realm of the marvel cinematic universe
0: Well, it definitely seems like it opens up a lot of doors that could... uh, And and Kevin Feige has said as much, not specifically about what this is setting up, but he has said that even though this movie is set in that Infinity Saga time period, that this is still a phase four movie and basically for, or, or really for a reason, that there are going to be things that happen in this movie that are important as things move forward in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This isn't just purely... A look back in the timeline. There's more to it than that. And we've speculated, and some of this, I apologize if we went over some of the stuff during the teaser trailer, but just to speculate again on some of this stuff, I mean, we've talked about. Thaddeus Ross being in this, and could this be something that leads to Thunderbolts? Is there a character we meet here that carries forward? I know uh, there's we've speculated about Yelena, but then there's the whole vest issue. Natasha seems to be wearing a vest that Yelena, in Infinity War that Yelena is wearing in this movie. Does that mean Yelena is, has died and Natasha took the vest, or is the vest just something that Elena gave to her, and Yelena's still alive, and we're going to see her Later on down in the, in the MCU, or we just assume that Elena would be the one who has that future potential. But what about Melina? I mean, there's of course speculation that Rachel Vice's character is Taskmaster in this movie, but that's only speculation at this point. We don't know that that's true. And even if it is, who's to say Taskmaster dies in this movie? What if Taskmaster survives and becomes a member of the Thunderbolts, which could happen in an MCU version of the Thunderbolts? So,
1: oh yeah, that, I think that's a. I think that to me is a given, in my opinion.
0: I mean, that sounds like a lot of fun to me, and I'm very excited about that, but I'm even more excited about the story of Natasha Romanoff, and I have talked before about how there is a big change between Natasha at the end of Civil War and the Natasha we meet in Infinity War, and it's not such a drastic thing where now the Infinity Saga is incomplete because this wasn't told during the Infinity Saga, but there was enough ground to cover, and there was a lot of rich emotional territory to explore by going into Natasha's past because we hear her all the time talking about her past, the red and her ledger, and coming to terms with those things and and who she is. And this is a story that is going to explore that. In the synopsis, they talk about how she's going to be confronting the darker parts of her ledger and that she's going to be looking at the relationships that were left broken in the wake of uh, her time before she was an Avenger. And we saw, not in this special look, but back in the teaser trailer, Ross looked pretty young in that teaser trailer. He looked younger than at any point in which we've seen him in the MCU. It looks pre-Incredible Hulk. So even though most of this story is going to be set between, it looks like anyway, between Civil War and Infinity War, we're going to even get some pre-Iron Man 2 stuff for Natasha Romanoff. And so if we get a chance to really understand what exactly is all the red in that ledger besides Loki's quick little summary of it, When they're talking in the Avengers, if we're going to actually get to see some of that, but then more importantly, see Natasha forgive herself for that and grow from that. And Scarlett Johansson talked about that in an interview, and I brought up some of those points when we did uh, the teaser trailer, so I don't want to repeat them all here, but uh, because that episode's not that old. You can go back in the feed and, and check it out, but that point of forgiving yourself, of also growing, of having you have these different points in your life where you have these different opportunities for growth. You have these opportunities to really move on. And so for Natasha, but you can't really do that if you don't confront the things in your past that are actually bothering you, that are giving you these issues in the first place. And so to see Natasha confront these things and then move forward from them, I think is going to be really exciting. And that's where the the true meaning of this movie is going to lie. And there's a really great way of doing that by having her go back and meet this family. And I don't necessarily think that because Elena says, you know, refers to her as sister, and we hear David Harbour's Alexi in the teaser trailer in the special look talking about how their family and all of that's great. And I don't doubt for a minute that they're family but I don't necessarily know that this is a biological family or if they've just become their family because they have a bond through all of their shared experiences. But either way, the biology doesn't matter as much as just the fact that these people know Natasha and they know what she's done. It's a little bit different than most of the other Avengers. Clint Barton has a pretty good sense of Natasha's past, but even then, he wasn't there when she was doing all the bad stuff. He was there at the very end of it because he was sent to kill her and then made a different call, but he wasn't there on all the missions where Natasha earned all that red in her ledger, but maybe Elena was, although Elena's a little bit young, but she still could have been. Uh, but Melina probably was. Alexi probably was. And so if you're going to confront your past, what what better people to do that with than the people who actually know what your past is and understand what you've been through and the people that you can't... You can't skirt around it. There's no way around the people who know what you've done. And so because you know, they can call you out on that if you're not actually addressing it. So I think it's going to be really fascinating to see Natasha Romanoff's journey in this particular film. And I think we're going to understand more of that difference between Natasha when she walks away from Tony Stark at the end of Civil War and when we pick up with her again uh, after she and the the Secret Avengers and Steve's team after they pick up Wanda and Vision in Scotland, in Avengers Infinity War. A lot happened, and we're going to get to see that in this movie, and that's something that I am really, really excited about. Now, as far as some of the things that we get in this uh, special look, uh, just a quick rundown of the dialogue. Elena does say, Natasha, my sister, after all this time, what brings you home? Natasha says that she's on the run. She was trying to do something good. I think that line is definitely a reference to Captain America Civil War. She's on the run because she's a run afoul of the Sokovia Accords. She was trying to do something good, trying to do something good by being a member of the Avengers, trying to do something good by actually signing the Sokovia Accords, trying to be on Team Iron Man, not because she was a fan of Tony Stark. I mean, she likes him, but not as much as she likes the other members of the Avengers. But it's not really so much about that, just as... She tried to be on the right side of the law. She even switched from the person who was telling Congress to go F themselves in Captain America Winter Soldier to being the one who was actually on the side of the Sokovia Accords, at least initially, and then that didn't work, and now she finds herself in this uh, position of being on the run. And then Natasha also says uh, to Yelena, you need more than just a trained killer. Yelena comes back with, you're fooling yourself. We are still both trained killers, and that line I really loved because that is that, that point that I was talking about of the people who know you and know your past aren't going to be able... Those are the people who are best equipped to not let you skirt around it. So when Natasha tries to talk about trained killers, Yelena's saying, look, that's what we both are. That's who we are, or at least it's who we've been, and there's maybe a part of us that that still is that. So I like that line from, uh, from Yelena. And then when Natasha says, we have unfinished business, Yelena says, who's we? And then for Natasha, we get more stuff that, that gives us kind of a... Her, the rest of her dialogue in there gives us a, a rundown of things we can kind of expect. She says, there's a new world of Widows, and we see a lot of different Black Widows. We see them with sniper rifles. We, that we see them in the training room that we saw back in the first teaser trailer last month. There's actually a shot, though, in this training room. Of, the, of these widows walking from the, you know, crossing this training room. And in the middle, it looks like Florence Pugh's Yelena is right in there. So she seems to be in that training room sequence. Uh, we get and Natasha also saying that she's done running from her past. So that's the whole idea of her confronting things in this film. And then she also says, who the hell is that guy? Uh, as we see clips of, you know, highlights of that fight between uh, Natasha and Taskmaster. And that fight... That evening fight on the bridge and everything, thats those clips that you're seeing in this uh, footage, that's what we saw at Comic-Con. That's what we saw a little bit of at D23 Expo, and I think they saw some of that at CCXP down in Brazil last month as well. So you're pretty much caught up now. If you weren't at Comic-Con or D23 Expo or CCXP, you're pretty much caught up to what's been shown. And so we're all pretty much on the same level as far as what we've seen uh, from this film. But the action in this special look, I thought, all look great. And that that's just what boosts the overall excitement of this film, is that it's going to have the heart, it's going to have the emotion, there's going to be depth to this film, but it's also just going to be a really cool spy action thriller. I've always
1: wanted a Black Widow movie. And one of the things, when we were waiting for the uh, exclusive look, which we both assumed would be at the halftime, there was a little bit of a, a behind-the-scenes thing And one of the things that I really appreciated Kevin Feige, and this is why I love Kevin Feige, and this is why I wish that Star Wars had, even though I don't want a literal Kevin Feige running, like I don't want exactly what he does for Marvel for Star Wars necessarily, but I want something with his vision as far as being on the plan and understand what fans want, et cetera, et cetera, but while also giving us something different and pushing the things forward, is he he's talking about Black Widow and he says this is a this is a film that fans have been wanting for a long, long time. And it it, it, just, it was very cool because he kind of talked about a little bit of the character. and When he said that, I just kind of thought to myself. Exactly. We've been wanting, you know, we I don't I want it so ever since. I mean, I liked her. I liked her. OK, in Iron Man too. Every, a lot of people, you know, you know, I understand why they didn't didn't love her and that. But I liked her fine. I thought she was fine. And then, obviously, Avengers, Joss Whedon did a great job of bringing out right. a phenomenal job of, 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 of Natasha, and I think Scarlett Johansson felt way more comfortable in, in that, obviously, in that film, and I think... He wrote a great part for her. I really do. I think he he needs to get a lot of credit for that. But then obviously the Russos and um, Marcus McFeely, they went in and did a phenomenal job writing her in Winter Soldier. So And we've talked about this before, but as they've upped their game, it was Winter Soldier that really proved to me that she needs to have her own movie. And I think when we got this, it was just really cool to see Kevin Feige kind of acknowledged like you know fans have kind of wanted this for a while and now we can kind of give it to them and I think that for whatever reason that he couldn't do it before and right or wrong it doesn't really matter because we're getting it now and I think that's kind of the cool thing is that they're trying to give the fans what they want and I really appreciate that because what they're giving what they've shown us so far and you've talked about how we're all on the kind of same level now that they've we've saw this this fight scene it really is delivering so far everything that I have wanted even even more because I had no idea they're going to put in the red guardian from the winter guard for God's sakes. I mean, right. I mean, I, that, that is like a, that is a Marvel zombie, uh, Easter egg of epic proportions to be quite honest. And I'm not even, I'm not even going to pretend that I, I know the red guardian immensely. I, I barely know the character, but I've read him here or there enough to know who he is and his name. And, and know i know i can recognize him like that so i think what again what kevin feige is doing is 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 taking the character of black widow expanding on it in the mcu but enriching it with all these different things from the marvel comic books and and the universe that that she comes from originally and is enriching that and we see that in these trailers and i've just been like man you know, and again I, it's it's every once in a while people know that I I will crit- critique these trailers I, I'm not someone who's just gonna say blindly that's great I can't wait to see that for every single thing I will say when I'm like eh, I'm not not, I'm not sure and there's been times I've been wrong and there's been times I've been kind of like my, my instincts have been correct like Ant-Man and the Wasp kind of yeah you know just I wasn't super stoked about that and and in gardens galaxy volume two and then for me not for right for me not for everyone else just for me and i i can kind of sense that with uh and i've been wrong when i've been stoked about things like dr strange i could not wait for dr strange the trailers look great and then i kind of eh so anyway um so this movie just what we've seen so far in the action scenes it just seems like a different feel. And I've always said that the Marvel has done a phenomenal job of giving us different kinds of films. And that's why they've been able to be so successful. If they don't make the same type of movie. It's all different. They may, they're, again, they're, they they all follow the similar, you know, traditional three acts. And, you know, my, my wife always criticizes the Marvel films for that. And I don't care about that stuff as much, but my point is, is that, Black Widow is is going to give us something that's very different than we've gotten in, in other Marvel movies. But maybe the closest thing is Winter Soldier. And I think that's really exciting. I think that what we've seen so far and with action and not just action, but the drama, the drama is very much different than we've gotten in other Marvel films. And I'm really excited about that because, again, of the checkered past, who exactly? I'm assuming they're going to be called the Winter Guard. I don't know if that's been confirmed in the synopsis or not, but I'm assuming that, that with Red Guardian, that's probably what they're going to call themselves, which is fine. I'm down with that. Like, I'm totally down with that. And, you know, I I think that what we're, we're going to be given is something that is so different yet going to feel like the MCU take from the comic books. But again, had that spy feel to it. Kind of like. and and I'm not a big fan of these films. I just don't really care. And it's mostly because I just don't have time in my life to devote to other franchises, but it definitely feels a very much like a mission impossible in the Marvel Mm. cinematic universe. And I think now I say that with just because that feel of it with a spy of, you know, even more so than winter soldier. So I think for me, again, this is what's really exciting about this movie is that we're going to get basically a Mission Impossible film with Black Widow and a bunch of other Marvel Cinematic Universe or Marvel comic book Easter eggs, which sign me up. I'm, I'm down. And I think, again, I, I'm getting way more excited for this movie, honestly, like legitimately getting way more excited than I was anticipating. I was, I was already looking forward to it. But now after these two trailers, I'm I'm way jazzed for this, and I'm really excited to see the Black Widow that we wanted to see since the Winter Soldier.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Winter Soldier was definitely the point where I really started wanting a Black Widow solo movie. I mean, I, I liked the character in Iron Man 2, loved her in Avengers, and started thinking about the idea of a Black Widow movie. But then after Winter Soldier, I was like, okay, would definitely love to see a Black Widow movie at some point. But even though it didn't happen during the Infinity Saga, even though this one's going to take place there, but even though we didn't get that a few years ago, and I know ever since there's been talk or reports about this movie actually happening, there's been some of that chatter online about whether or not this movie should even happen now, is it too late, nobody wants this, I honestly just don't think that's true. I I know it's true for some people, and they're sharing their opinions, those who who think so, but... I think for most people out there, for the general audience, they still want to see this movie, and I still want to see this story, because just based on this character, of course I'm excited about the idea of a Black Widow movie, and then having gone through the entire experience that we've seen with this character, including Avengers Endgame, even though this is taking place before, it just heightens that interest for me, and I don't think I'm alone in that, so I was already on board with the idea of Marvel Studios doing a Black Widow movie, even if it's later than many of us would have wanted or expected, I still think there's room for this story to be told. And I still feel like it's a really valuable story to tell in Natasha's overall character arc in the MCU. So I was already on board with this idea, but then the more we have seen from this film, the better it has looked. I was totally blown away by the footage we saw at Comic-Con, and we saw a lot of the same footage at D23 Expo the next month, but there was some new stuff, and all of that looked great, and then I was really impressed by the teaser trailer last month. This special look is that much more impressive. Everything I see from this movie looks really, really good. It delivers the action that we would expect from an MCU epic, but it's also got some difference. I mean, it's got the big things like that free-fall sequence that we're seeing in the teaser trailer and in this special look. But you still have one thing where I guess you're not caught up as far as the footage that we saw at conventions uh, for those of you just listening, but you've seen highlights of it. So you're still, you still get a sense of it is the fight between Natasha and Yelena when they first meet up. That fight is unbelievable up close, visceral in your face, just action packed. And it's just brutal. And I really enjoyed that fight sequence but then you get some of the bigger spectacle as well but also the one-on-one fight to the standoff with taskmaster all of those things are just look cool and look like part of a really fun thrilling cinematic experience and so i and i love all of that i love all the the idea of this being an action-packed spy thriller all of that's great but there's got to be a soul to the movie as well, and there is. With everything that we're seeing from Natasha, everything Scarlett Johansson has talked about in interviews, everything that we are seeing, uh, regardless of what she's saying in the interview, seeing it on screen, more importantly, with what we're being teased about Natasha and her past and what she's dealing with in this film, it all just looks really, really good. This looks like a, a complete, satisfying cinematic experience, and we'll have to see. Time will tell. We'll, we still need to watch the actual movie, to see if it lives up to the promise that's in these trailers, but regardless of but for now we got to call it like we see it based on what we have to actually see right now and based on what I'm seeing, this movie looks outstanding. I think this is going to be another great addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am so confident in this movie and I completely believe 100% that most of the movie going public that pays any attention to Marvel movies is going to be excited about this. Not, I'm not trying to predict endgame-level box office or anything like this, but when we're talking about the way a lot of the, the Marvel solo films typically perform, I think this is going to be right there in that range, and it might be toward the top of that range. We'll see what happens, but I, I think there is a big appetite for this movie, and it just comes down to what director Kate Shortland and Scarlett Johansson and Kevin Feige and the whole Marvel Studios team, what are they going to be able to deliver here and I also liked what Kate Shortland said in that behind-the-scenes featurette about how she's going to be going into stuff with Natasha that we haven't seen before, you know, really getting to know. She said that we were going to see the real Black Widow because we're going to go into the darkness that's in that character's past. And, and I love all of that. All of that sounds great. And so when you see the evidence on the screen in these trailers and you know the talent that's behind all of this with that unbelievable cast of Rachel Weiss, of David Harbour, but then Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh, who are both just outstanding. And and I continue to be happier and happier with Florence Pugh being a member of this cast. Loved her in Fighting With My Family last year, and she had an unbelievable 2019, and she's off to a great start in 2020 with her Oscar nomination, then rolling right into Black Widow. So we've just got the makings of something really special for uh, for Black Widow on May 1st, and, and I honestly just can't wait to see it.
1: I'm really excited for what this movie can give us because I'm wondering what will what Kevin Feige and Marvel will do as a result of this movie movie, not just because of Black Widow, but the type of films we're going to get. And I think that's what's really exciting is that if you look at this phase, this phase has a lot of different differences in, in the films they're making and there's a lot of variety in what they're giving us. And I think that's really exciting because. I like one of the one of the things I love about comic books in these shared universes is that there is variety in there. And so when you have crossovers in the bigger tentpole film like the Avengers or let's say and let's be real. And I've said this on the show before, but Avengers is basically just a way of them doing an event like in the comic books instead of calling it just. Infinity War or uh, Secret Wars it's Avengers Secret Wars right to get that Avengers title in the team up idea because obviously you have Guardians and and all kinds of people showing up doing that Uh, that being said I think what's interesting is that what what makes it so special when these uh, people all team up together is because they all come from such different areas of the MCU or Marvel Universe or whatever you want to call it and that's what makes it so exciting. That's why it was always great to see heroes team up in the comic books because they're, that's not their normal world. Or it was crazy like when Spider-Man fought the Fire Lord, the Herald of Galactus, and that's just a weird, weird pairing. And that, again, there's a creativity with that. And I think what's exciting is that Black Widow, this film, could open doors that when maybe let's say... Again, we know Black Widow is dead for right now. Let's assume she's dead. But let's say um, Yolana, uh, the the Florence... Yolana. Yulana, me. I'm going to butcher people's names. That's how, that's how I do it. Uh, Florence Pugh's character, she survives, let's say, and she moves on. And let's say she shows up all of a sudden as a new reoccurring character in the upcoming Avengers movies, wh- whatever mass event crossover they're going to have it's going to be interesting probably having her in comparison to let's say guardians or thor or whatever again to see those interactions and this is what i think they're building for it, you know again red guardian let's see he shows up and meets captain america i mean the things that they're they're building towards with this is going to it's going to pay off later on when they make these tentpole films and they and they have these different worlds coming together It's gonna to mean something because they're so different. I think that's what's really exciting is that they're not They're not all just superheroes all in the same like again down the street, even though that's what, what it was like in the comic books In the comic books you can make their world so unique in this it's a little bit different You have to have a little more continuity, but again it's going to be exciting to see these characters interact with other characters that are outside of their normal world. And I think that's what Marvel has such a great job of is now when they bring them together, they're so different. It's going to mean something when they actually do come together. And I think that's, again, when I see this, it's, it's, it's an extension of that. And I think that's, what's really exciting. So for me, black widow represents of what they can do going forward. As far as if it's, if this movie is successful, They will then say, oh, we can do other kind of spy again, maybe even smaller kinds of films where and and even though I think that's obviously what the Disney Plus shows are going to be kind of turning into a little bit. It's basically like a smaller kind of film, if you will, even though they're not small films they are going to be very high budgeted TV shows. But you get what I'm saying. It's a little bit different. You take more chances storytelling wise, potentially on a Disney Plus, maybe opposed to a, a live action film. But I don't know. I think black widow could open a door for maybe a smaller scale, uh, Marvel cinematic universe movies being made. And, and thus would make sense if they're putting out three, four films a year, it would make sense to have that out there to have a little bit more smaller scale, Even, even though that doesn't look small scale, but it doesn't look as like big and impactful and, Special effects flying everywhere, you know, for half the film or whatever, like an Avengers or even a Spider-Man Far From Home or something like that or Dr. Strange. So I think that there's going to be a, not a lot writing on this movie, but a lot of interesting things that a fallout that you could have a positive fallout. I think you're going to have if it's successful. And I don't think this movie has to make a billion to be successful, to be honest. So. I mean, it will be successful if it makes a billion, but it's it, it can make 700, 800 million. And I think it's a huge success if it is because I don't know if, you know. again, we don't know what, how popular Black Widow's character really is compared to the mainstream audience. But I think that there's a lot of great things that could happen from the result of this movie besides just even having Black Widow's character being extended and make sequels with Scarlett, Joh- Scarlett Johansson, which, again, isn't a bad thing. I think it could it proves that Marvel has even more flexibility in their in their pocket to make different kinds of films.
0: Oh, I think there's no there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think Marvel Studios has already shown that they can go from big to small and I mean, you look at Ant-Man which really boils down to Scott Lang and his family. I mean, that's really kind of what a lot of that comes down to. It's not so much about the big MCU epic type of stuff, and even budget-wise, I mean, the first Ant-Man film was $130 million. I don't know what Marvel Studios spent on Black Widow. I know it was very expensive. It's not like it's some small little film, but as far as the scale of the stories, I think Marvel Studios has shown the way that they can kind of make those transitions, have bigger films, have smaller films, and maybe they can go even smaller than they've ever done before, smaller than this, smaller than Ant-Man. All of that potential is there. It just depends on really the quality of the story and what... What a story demands. What a character demands. And something like Black Widow, I don't know how this film, it's still a little early to try and predict how this film is going to perform at the box office and to throw out a specific number. It wouldn't shock me if this movie tops a billion dollars. I do think it's going to do—I don't know if it's going to get there, but it's going, to do, it's going to do very well. It's going to be a very successful, very profitable film for Marvel Studios. The question is, how successful is this movie going to be? Not whether or not it's going to be successful in the first place. I think it's going to do just fine and maybe way, 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 way better than fine because I think the general audience— really likes this character. I think this character resonates with the audience, and I think Scarlett Johansson also resonates with the audience. I mean, I I always go back to several years ago when she had, and this was not a Black Widow movie, but this was one of the best arguments for a Black Widow movie for a long time, is Scarlett Johansson made this sci-fi thriller called Lucy, and it opened the same weekend as Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing Hercules, and Scarlett Johansson whooped Dwayne Johnson's ass. Lucy whooped up on Hercules at the box office that weekend, and it just goes to show that the audience, they do like Scarlett Johansson, and I think that was evidence of just how big the appetite was for that Black Widow movie at the time, but I think it's still there. I think the hunger for that movie still exists, and I think it's even stronger now. I think it's even better after Avengers Endgame. I don't think it's any less because... Natasha Romanoff is currently dead in the MCU and maybe will stay dead forever. I don't know if I really believe that, but even if she's going to be, even if that's the assumption that the average moviegoer makes, if anything, that makes this movie even more appealing because with Avengers Endgame, I mean, they did take time to, uh, to process Natasha's death in that film. They certainly didn't skip over it. We saw the Avengers have their own little memorial for her effectively in the movie. But still, I think with the way the story kept going in that film, and of course you had a whole final battle after that, and you had the death of Tony Stark, there's still, I think, a little bit, or not a little, I think there's still plenty that the audience kind of wants to have as far as closure with Natasha Romanoff. And I think that's why a movie like this, where it looks really good and it looks really exciting and really emotional, but it also just gives that one last opportunity to to see Black Widow in a movie for the first time in the MCU, that is something that I think will drive people to the box office. And if the movie's as good as it looks, then it will drive them back to see it a second or third time. And that's just going to blow up the box office numbers even more. But I also think what's so beautiful about it is going back to the the idea that you talked about, about how Natasha was a leader for the Avengers in Avengers Endgame and her getting to that point from what we saw in Infinity War and then saw carried forward in Avengers Endgame not just the leader of a team but also the leader of a family because what i what i when you were talking about that i started thinking about the imagery in the tra- in the teaser trailer in this special look and she's not at the head of the table in this old family right she it's alexi at the head of the table and then you have melina and elena on one side Natasha on the other side. Well, who is effectively at the head of the table in Avengers Endgame? Who's the one person who resisted the idea of being of having friendships yeah. and family all along? And then she not only is she the one who embraces that, she's the one who keeps it together and becomes the head of that family as we see in Avengers Endgame, even more so than Steve or anyone else. And there's something really beautiful about that. And that's a transition where There was enough in the Infinity Saga for us to just look at it and say, "Okay, it happened," but now we can actually see it happen, and we can see the key some more more of the key moments that led to that led Natasha to that point in Infinity War and Endgame, and I think that can be really, really special and and really, really moving. And I think it's going to be even more moving because we know how it ended up. Sometimes it can be. Uh, sometimes prequels have the ability to, can have a tendency to maybe feel a little anticlimactic because you know how things ended up, but I think with Natasha and her story being so emotional and so personal, knowing where she, knowing how she graduated from this and where it, it and and the noble heroic end that it all ultimately led to and and, and culminated in an Avengers Endgame, I, I think it will just take the It will take the emotional resonance of this film and it'll just amplify it that much more because we because we know what happens afterwards. So I think there's a lot about this movie uh, that uh, that really has the potential to be a special experience for everybody who goes and sees it, uh, including us, which I I hope it is because I want to. I really can't wait to (laughs) see the movie and I certainly don't want to be disappointed. So I, I think everything we continue to see from this and just a couple quick highlights for the special look before we move on to our our next and and last segment here, but that uh, Natasha Romanoff and Taskmaster fight, I mean, it just looks so good. Taskmaster with the shield, the big backflip, and also, you know what uh, what I was really trying to track, and I kept replaying it before we started recording, is there's a moment where Melina, who we actually see wearing a white suit, we hadn't seen that before. We saw Natasha wearing hers. We saw Yelena wearing hers, but we hadn't yet seen, and there's a great shot of Yelena running toward camera in her white costume, uh, in this special look. But we see Melina in uh, a couple of shots of Melina in that costume. And there, the speculation has been, the, the fan theory has been, that Rachel Vice's Melina is Taskmaster. And so there's a moment in this trailer or in the special look where she comes down and has that three-point stance landing, you know, the superhero landing. And so I was I was really tracking her pose and then going back to Taskmaster for a couple of the landings that Taskmaster has to see if it was exactly the same. It's not quite exactly the same. Her arm position is a little bit different. So I don't, it doesn't 100% prove that that's the same person. Uh, But it could be. Either way, though, I mean, it definitely seems to be somebody who has similar training as Natasha in that, but that could also just be Taskmaster who's able to kind of mimic everybody in their moves and counter all of their moves. And so I don't know if this is going to be somebody Natasha knows. I don't know if this is going to be Melina or Yelena. They seem like the prime uh, the prime suspects for this right now, but uh, of course there is the possibility that it's someone else. But regardless of who Taskmaster is, I just love that this is, this is an antagonist that we've wanted in the MCU for a long time. Maybe this character will have a future in Thunderbolts and other things, but whatever the future may hold, we'll wait and see. But just what we're getting right now so far... This is the kind of stuff that this is the kind of action that I wanted to see from Taskmaster in the MCU. And so that's another thing to be happy about and excited about with all this Black Widow footage.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to say as a resident lover of Taskmaster, seeing a little little bit more today and actually had the shield pop out. I'm I'm in. in. I'm in And the
0: hood, too. And the hood. So I told you I told you the hood makes a difference when the hood's up.
1: You're absolutely right. So, you know what? I'm in. And I'm also on the I'm going to say this right now because we're going to wrap it up here. But I will say I think there's potential taskmaster could be two different. Also, two people playing the character at the same time. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Just gonna throw it out there. We'll see. It could be like a mantle, if you will. Like maybe maybe it is Um, the that that lady we all Rachel Weiss, right? Melina. God, yeah. Sorry. I'm so terrible with names. It could be her, but you know what? Maybe they, it's, they, maybe Ross takes a suit and then he uses it, gives it to somebody else later on in Thunderbolts. It's a brand new character. I, I, I'd i be fine if it wasn't, if it would, it, it'd be her, but I'm just saying there's potential there and there's potential that, that they could use that double identity for the, to make her think, um, her being obviously, uh, Natasha. To, to assume one thing but then be wrong but then actually be right because there's two different people i just got because the build of taskmaster and the tank is much different than the one that's fighting her in the in the trailer so that's just my maybe i'm i'm wrong but no, I'm that's have go, observation. Yeah, No,
0: observation you're definitely gonna have me going back and looking at it and comparing it to see if i uh if i agree or maybe but sometimes you never know it could just be the way Someone True. standing or the position that they're in, they could look a little bit bigger. So I, I don't know, but it's a solid theory, and yeah, maybe Taskmaster is not Yelena or Melina; it's Yelena and Melina. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a solid guess, totally a solid guess, and it'd be an all-time call if you uh, if you end up being right about that. Because I haven't. This will be your receipt. I haven't heard anybody else <laughs> throw out that theory. Uh, Maybe someone somewhere on a Marvel Studios subreddit has suggested it, and if so, they can have their receipt and use theirs. But this will be yours, and I haven't, uh, and we'll see if that uh, ends up being correct. But obviously we're both uh, really big fans of what we've seen of Black Widow so far, including this special look. So one of the last segments, or the last segment that we're going to do, This will be something, because we won't always have brand new footage to react to for this Expanding the Universe series. In fact, most of the time, we're probably not going to have any. But uh, for this series, we also want to provide a little bit of recommended reading. And this isn't to say that you have to read comic books if you're going to be a fan of the MCU. Be a fan of the MCU however you want to be a fan of the MCU. But if you are interested and you do want to get to know these characters a little bit better, or what's a story that is either fun, or maybe also provides, gives you a little bit of the vibe of what this movie might be, or might do both of those things, or other things, we just want to throw out a little bit of recommended reading, not too much, we don't want to give you homework, but just a little bit, we talk about comics a lot more on the Patreon, we have a monthly show, the Marvel Unlimited Book Club, where we take a story, we break it down, it may have an MCU connection, it may not, but we do that every month, so we want to carry that forward in spirit with these recommended reading segments on these on this expanding the universe series of the podcast so for black widow we actually are going to recommend a story that paul and i only just read a couple of months ago for the november edition of the marvel unlimited book club we read a story arc called Shields Most Wanted and it was in the pages of Black Widow. I think it was number one through five or one through six. Uh, I can't remember the specific issue numbers, but the reason why I don't why five or six doesn't matter is I'm going to recommend more issues than that. There's a Black Widow comic that was written by Mark Wade and drawn by Chris Samney. It's a it ended up being a 12 issue series. It started in 2016. So if you just search anywhere, I mean you can go and find these books on Marvel Unlimited. If you subscribe, and we do recommend that because it's, I think, the most affordable way for you to explore Marvel Comics is through the Marvel Unlimited subscription service. That's not an ad. They didn't pay for this. They owe us a lot of commission money, in my opinion, but uh, this is not an, a paid ad. We just recommend it. I am, we are, we are paying customers of Marvel Unlimited, and we enjoy it, so that's why we recommend it to all of you. But uh, if you don't subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, if you just search Mark Wade, Black Widow, then you will be able to find these books because I think it's just, I think it's two trade paperbacks is what it's broken down into. If you want to order them off of Amazon or somewhere else, but it's a 12 issue series in total. And just like that name says for that first story arc, shield's most wanted. This is Natasha Romanoff on the run for a little bit of this story arc. And it goes and it delves into Natasha's past. Now this is Natasha's past in the comic books. It's not the same as her past in the Marvel cinematic universe, but there is some overlap there there are a lot of similar ideas she confronts characters that she knows from her past she confronts other black widows older black widows who were people who were around when she was a black widow when she was in the red room in training as well as brand new red room trainees being a factor in that story like it looks like they're going to be in this black widow uh, in the black widow movie that we're going to watch in a few months because we're seeing them in the teaser trailer as well as this footage that we saw tonight so I think there are a lot of ideas here that even if they're not carried forward in a very specific like-for-like way in the MCU, it's just a a good story to kind of expose yourself to to get a little bit of a feel for it. But more important than any of that, this is just a really, really fun story that's very fast-paced. It's a quick, easy read, even for all 12 issues. And there's a lot of really great uh, artwork from Chris Samney that uh, that you don't want to miss. So for recommended reading... Black Widow in the 2016 Black Widow series, uh, issues number one through 12. And, Paul, I know you enjoyed this as well.
1: Yeah, it was really good. And I'll be very honest, I don't I don't have a huge, deep knowledge of Black Widow comic books. And because she's been been mainly a supporting character and from. And it's only been since the well, Avengers Well,
0: just, just to add, I did some more Black Widow reading to try and see if there was something else I would want to recommend instead of this. And I mm-hmm. I, came, I came back to this. This was of, yeah. of the Black Widow solo books. This is my favorite that I've read so far.
1: Yeah. And so she's, she's done a lot of team ups with Daredevil. She used to date Daredevil. And there's obviously Avengers comics she's in. And so... There's there's a couple I know she has a couple uh, there's a little bit of a run in uh, the uh, Wolverine series Logan or no I'm sorry Wolverine Origin and uh, where it kind of goes into the her past a little bit in the in the comic books and how she has a little bit of a history with uh, Wolverine so I I did like that by Daniel Way um that wasn't too terrible that was an early like 2005 ish um. It's two thousand six ish volume. You can easily just find those issues. Um, yeah, so she has she has a little bit of a history with uh, Wolverine. So. I wouldn't be surprised if, when they eventually add the X-Men characters in that she, her and she might know, recognize Logan potentially. So, or James Howlett, if you will. So, yeah, I would say that, that would be my, my loose recommendation for that. But yeah, otherwise what Sean said, I think what we read, what we read was actually really, really solid and also informative of the movie coming out. So definitely check that out.
0: Yeah, definitely do it. Read a few comics if you can. You don't have to, but if you're looking to expand your knowledge on some of these characters, that's a great way to do it. And that's a great book for it for black widow, but that is where we're going to go ahead and wrap up this first edition of our expanding the universe series next week. You guessed it. We're going to be talking about the Falcon and the winter soldier, because that's going to be on Disney plus before eternals hits theaters in November. So we have the Falcon and the winter soldier next week. So stay tuned for that. We'll have some recommended reading. We'll recap what we know about the series, but obviously we'll be relying a lot more on speculation as we go forward because I don't think we're going to get a Falcon and Winter Soldier teaser trailer between now and next week. And I only say that in hopes of there actually being a Falcon and Winter Soldier teaser trailer between now and next week. I don't (laughs) think it's going to happen, though. Uh, But anyway... That's where we are going to wrap up this week's show. We will have a Patreon credit scene where we're going to be talking about that Morbius trailer and that MCU cameo that's in there at the very end of it. So you can check that out at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News, as well as all of the other exclusives we have over there. And then make sure you keep up with us in all the other places you can. MarvelStudiosNews.com, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News. Definitely a lot more active on the Instagram now, as well as Twitter at Marvel Newscast. Paul, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. Thug. Also, my other podcast, the Comic Binge Podcast, just dropped a brand new Star Wars episode with me and Chris. We're in the FD Studios uh, live and just doing a very casual uh, conversation about Star Wars comics. Also, check me out on the Saga Continues uh, Star Wars podcast where me, my buddies Tim and Kyle, we, uh, we jam out to a seven-hour uh, Rise of Skywalker review, and I'm not kidding. Seven hours.
0: No, he's not kidding. That's how long it is. Uh, And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber, Sean spelled S-E-A-N. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.